Hi, this is Holly. And this is Danielle. And this is the Spooky Hour. Welcome back. It's been... Hi, friends. It's been a a rough one for a couple people. Yeah, we finally figured out how to record while practicing social distancing. I think we've Um, done really well. It sounds pretty good. We've been testing for like two days now to make sure that everything syncs up and sounds good. Um, I'm currently in the basement, the haunted basement. Danielle's at her house. In my living room that's maybe haunted. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out. Yeah. And we're on FaceTime looking at each other (laughs) so we could still have a conversation. I got some wine. I had this whole thing planned out with these like really badass like headphones and Stuart's like it's going to work and it's going to be fine and it didn't work. So we were having a little bit of struggle there for a bit, but it works now. So it's okay. Didn't get that bad. Yeah, we worked it through. It's going to go really well, I think. Let's hope. Um, Danielle's so funny. She was listening to it last night, one of our tests, and she's like, why does this sound better than when we record, like, in the same room together? It literally does sound better. Like, there's no echoes. There's no weird things. I don't know. It works. We're going to socially distance for the rest of our lives. I mean, we... I mean, starting this podcast, I think I've seen you the most when we started this podcast. No, it's so good, though, because, like, as close as we are, we're so lazy. Yeah, we that are. We will literally go, like, three months without seeing each other just out of pure laziness. And it's fine because we so talk every day. Ex- yeah, so it's a good excuse for us to, like, hang out actually physically in person, except today we're not physically in person, but... It works. You know. The beauty of technology, FaceTime. But thanks for uh, everyone listening. I know we didn't put out a, uh, an episode this week. Uh, we kind of ran short, and with all this I- shut down, it just wasn't a thing to be quite honest i was panicking a little bit um i am rightfully very stressed slow out. yeah i'm very stressed out about everything that's going on in the world um i i mean i th- i think it'll be fine in the long run but just a lot of news coming in a lot of sad news coming in so i was like let's take a week off and like figure something out and we did and we're back so and thanks for coming back friends yeah so thank you and uh, we particularly wanted to say thank you to kevin for this episode because he's yeah. uh, he's been super supportive in our little week off i mean he's been super supportive always so hi kevin you're awesome kevin we love you anything else exciting to talk about i mean we haven't left our house for like <laughs> two weeks i know it's been it's kind of crazy because i'm such a homebody too so at first mm-hmm. i was kind of like it's gonna be fine like i'm gonna be fine and now i was I'm so like, excited at first i keep seeing memes where it's like uh like on an average day i'm such an introvert i never want to leave the house but now that they're telling me to not leave the house i don't want to right and that's me i just want to do things i miss just like something as stupid as like going to mcdonald's oh my god <laughs> i am craving mcdonald's so bad and sushi and so it's like you can't order sushi because you don't know and all that i'm like i get that but at the same time i fucking want it I ordered sushi. I'm not going to lie. I might. Order Every day sushi. has been a struggle between like I have food at home and Uber Eats is free right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's hard. I've been snacking so much. I'm so bored at home. I'm glad we have this right now. Right. Um, so I'm drinking. I, um, I just wanted to note that I'm drinking uh, wine from uh, Mr. Claus mug. Not Mrs. Claus. Mr. Claus. M- Mrs. Claus was dirty. So I have Mr. <laughs> Claus. <laughs> I have a ghouls just want to have fun wine glass. I posted a picture in the story just now. They're so um, cute. So if you missed it, I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's there now. <laughs> but we're going to try to maybe take a screenshot maybe later because this is funny. See how it works. And I we, like never show our face on the Instagram. So maybe we should do that once in a while. And I actually did my hair today, which was a big regret because <laughs> uh, my eczema is like out of this roof right now. Wow, that was a big Mine stutter. Mine is too. I don't know if it's because we're like stuck inside or like no fresh air. Or... Okay. Mine was really bad before this all happened and then like not, it's not like I don't shower, I just don't, haven't been washing my hair because I haven't need to do and yeah. I think that made it worse. <laughs> so <laughs> I got in the shower on lunch today and started blow drying my hair after work and I was like, as I was like going through my hair, I have like this massive, this is going to get really disgusting really fast. <laughs> like a massive scab on the back of my head and Mm -hmm. i'm like i put my brush through it and i like got caught and then it ripped and i'm like so if anyone has eczema they know the the pain of that because i don't have it on my scalp i have it up my nose yeah on the inside of my nose i get it all the way down the back of my legs uh sometimes on my face right now i've got really bad like pimples Mm -hmm. which i never get pimples no i thought like not wearing makeup would make my skin better over the last two weeks but i suddenly have pimples and holly is like the most clear skin in the world so i mean thank you i literally don't do anything to it dove soap i'm not even kidding (laughs) 99 percent of the time i use dove soap (laughs) the only benefit to this whole like quarantine thing is i've been sleeping like seven hours a night 
Really? Every night. I don't sleep. I'm so jealous. I think I say this in every episode. I don't sleep. Yeah, I get like doesn't. three hours on average. And I don't know if it's just like the... I don't have my work schedule, so my body's getting into, like, its own rhythm. It's like, oh, I can finally sleep. (laughs) It's amazing. I feel so alive. Is this what people feel like all the time? (sighs) On a more positive note, let's talk about murderers. Yeah. Let's get into it. I we we Honestly, we blabbered a bit, but it's it's we've you missed a week. We had to make up for it. We also haven't like seen other people in so yeah. long that I think we just needed to talk for a minute. <laughs> yeah, besides like texting, it's been yeah, it's been rough. It's been bleak. Um, so I guess I'll get started. Uh, today I'm going to talk about a gentleman named Pyro Joe. Um, <laughs> his name. His real name is Joseph Murphy. I like his um, nickname, Pyro Joe. Pyro Joe. Yeah. Can you guess why he got it? No. <laughs> Do tell really? us. Yes, obviously. Oh. <laughs> I was like, girl, seriously? <laughs> um, so his real name is Joseph Murphy, and he was featured in a Netflix series called I Am a Killer. Um, I watched it like a couple days ago, and I was just so fascinated by his story that I was like, I'm going to talk about this dude. So here I am talking about this dude. <laughs> um, so one of the well, multiple reasons why i chose him is because it shows a lot of flaws in the legal system the child care system the everything system um it also looks into a little bit of like nature versus nurture thing um so pyro joe is someone who i think was sort of formed into a killer as opposed to like born and just naturally is a killer yeah if that makes sense Um, So I'm going to go into his backstory a little bit. Uh, The most important element of his backstory is his upbringing. He's, again, like I said, the prime example of how nurture impacts someone's life and who they end up being as an adult. Um, It's also the reason he's still alive today is his upbringing. So keep that in mind. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) So Joe experienced an incredibly brutal childhood. His parents were incredibly poor, but they would not stop having kids for some reason. So they lived in a literal shack that he described as like, um, it was just like plywood with like some shit wrapped around it to make a shack. Um, It had three rooms, a living room, a kitchen, and one bedroom. And there was two parents and six children living in this house. In that little shack? Yep. It was in a little remote area of West Virginia where their backyard was literally like a creek with like trees and stuff. Like no other houses around them or anything like that. So there was no bathroom, no running water, no electricity. And I was very dramatic when I wrote this. No love in that household. No. (laughs) I mean, like at one point you have to realize that kids are expensive and you bringing them into the world like that is just cruel. I believe this was in like the 60s or 70s when he was born. So it was like more normal to have multiple children like that but like Mm -hmm. come on you're living in a shack like wrap it up a little bit but his parents were pretty shitty they were like mostly like welfare check babies yeah that they were having so they keep having babies so they would get paid um but yeah not only did he leave leave not only did he live in extreme poverty he also dealt with a terrible amount of abuse from his parents he was beaten he was burned uh he was neglected starved his parents would keep it separate from all his other siblings uh they made him sleep in a locked trunk at the end of their bed Oh my so god. So they like, locked him in like a chest to sleep in. Um, and all of this was just the tip of the iceberg. There's a couple stories that really stood out to me. There was a bunch of stories in this documentary that were like really disturbing. So if you wanted to watch that to learn a little bit more, by all means. Yeah. Uh, I only picked two because they were sort of standout-ish to me. So um, Joe's mother would call him, quote, retarded all the time. I know that's not like a nice word, but it's a direct quote um, to anyone who would listen. Uh, she herself received government checks for some sort of disability. So she felt no ways telling the government that her son was disabled as well. Um, I think he was just like a little bit developmentally behind. Okay. I don't think that he, there was like a severe disability, but she like talked it up and told everybody like, oh, he's so retarded. Give me a check, blah, blah, blah. That's terrible. Um, oh, yeah. She was awful. So um, he was assigned a social worker and his parents would receive checks based on his disability. Um, one day his mother had beaten him particularly bad and left like obvious bloody marks across his back and like the back of his legs. And they had a prearranged meeting with the social worker the next day. So his mother like freaked out and was like, oh my God, what do we do? So his dad took him out back, uh, tied him to like an old mattress and set his back on fire to hide the marks and then told the social worker that he fell into the fire pit and burned himself what the fuck (laughs) um luckily the social worker did not fall for their story i mean Um, good job on doing your job yeah thank you (laughs) i see so many stories where social workers don't do their job and this is one story where i feel like the social workers did their job to the best of their ability and it still just didn't work unfortunately 
Yeah. Yeah. We're starting off on a low note here. <laughs> um, so she took Joe to the hospital after this and later placed him into the care system. Unfortunately, while in the care system, he was sexually assaulted at various different facilities that he was brought to. But in the documentary, Joe said that he still preferred the facilities to life at home because at least he was like safe and fed and clothed and cared for there. Like regardless of the abuse he was experiencing, he still preferred that to going home to his family. Had some like is- sense of like safety. <laughs> Yeah, which is really fucking sad to think about it. I actually feel really bad for this guy. Like, I talk a lot about him in this because his his story is so sad. He still did something really bad, but it made me upset. (laughs) So after one of his stints in a facility, he was released and found out that his family up and moved to Ohio without telling him or his social workers. Um, At this point, I would have just kept him. Like, as a social worker, I would have been like, just come live with me, dude. But they hunted this family down and reunited him with them in Ohio. Um, so that was just one of the examples of how shitty his family was. Uh, the second example uh, revolves around his father. His father was like a, an extreme alcoholic. Uh, one of Joe's siblings appears in the documentary and says that his dad was to the point where like he would go to the bathroom and drink rubbing alcohol just to get fuck? a fix. <laughs> yeah, if he had no like beer in the house, he would go rubbing alcohol. Oh my um, god. Which would obviously make him sick, but he was like, I don't care. I need the alcohol. He needs that buzz. He needs something. Yeah, it's insane to me. So Joe uh, mentions a story in in the documentary where his dad took him to a moonshine maker's house in exchange for alcohol um i don't want to get too much into the story they go like into a lot of detail in the next netflix show which is again called i am a killer but um in simple terms his dad exchanged him for sexual services for moonshine oh my god so he he sold his six-year-old son to this man uh who then assaulted his son and gave his father moonshine that is disgusting. So he had a very, very rough childhood. And I think that that entirely led to who he ended up being as a person. Again, I'm not saying what he did was good in any way. He still did a wrong. He did a bad. It's kind of like preventable. Yeah. And that's a lot of the it things that um, some of the police officers and stuff say in the documentary is just like they tried so hard and like maybe if they just did one more thing they could have stopped this kind of thing yeah um so just to be fair to show a different perspective uh, i did mention one of joe's brothers was in the documentary so he says that joe was sort of twisting the stories to fit his defense for his crime that i'm getting to in a moment um so he said the abuse the rape the selling of children did happen but none of it happened directly to joe Uh, He says that Joe took stories that happened to the various other siblings and made it about him so that he could use it as a defense in court. Okay. Um, So just to, just to be fair, just show both sides, that's, you know, that's out there. It's very possible that Joe could be lying about some of this stuff. I don't think he is, but I'm a Libra. I have to be fair. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So um, start off his uh, life of crime a little bit. Uh, One day, Joe was in trouble with his mother for something petty. She was just yelling at him to yell at him kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And somehow he ended up setting a pile of clothes on fire. He said it happened accidentally, but I don't know how you, like, accidentally set clothes on fire while someone's yelling at you. Like, oops, here's this mask. Like, just human combustion just, like, explodes. (laughs) (laughs) So he, I don't think it was an accident, but they caught fire. Either way, the whole house ended up burning down and the family was sent to live elsewhere. Um, After that happened, Did they move from, they, I guess, like, this is... They actually ended up getting a place. Yeah, I think it was like an insurance type yeah, yeah, setup yeah. because um, their house was a quote upgrade yeah. from the shack. Um, probably not that I much. Know. Yeah, it's probably not the nicest home. But anyways, they were moved. Um, Joe ended up in another facility after this because he had started the fire, and they did diagnose him as a pyromaniac, which means he likes to set fires. Um, which is where he got his nickname which is kind of interesting because like his dad set him on fire so i would be more scared of it some people get like um i don't want to say aroused but like excited by the the trauma around stuff like that Mm -hmm. um but joe actually does explain that a little bit he said quote i realized that my mother had forgotten to beat me so after the fire she never finished her her beating of him that day Uh, i realized from an early age that if i set a fire i'm not gonna get beat from this point, he'd continued to set fires at various locations in town and eventually progressed to killing his brother's dogs. Aww. So at the time, I know, very sad. Um, so at the time, there was a bunch of fires in the town. Um, big houses would be set on fire and they couldn't find out who was doing it. So it turned out in the long run that it was Joe doing that. I don't know if he was ever formally charged for those crimes, but he set a lot of shit on fire. Um, so his like, thing set is set stuff like, on he- fire. Leave the fucking dogs alone. 
That's what I'm more <laughs> upset about right now. I don't give a shit about your family home. No, fuck that. The dogs. <laughs> um, so his his whole thing was he liked fire because fire made him think good things because when he set the fire, his mother didn't beat him. Yeah. Which is it's really sad if you think about it. Yeah, that is. So the actual crime that we are here to talk about today, um, another incredibly sad story from Joe. This guy's life is just fucking awful. There's no other word for it. Sorry, Joe. I'm sorry, Joe. I actually, I might get shit for this, but as a person, I actually liked watching him in the documentary. He was very, like, soft-spoken and sweet, and, like, you could tell he was a little bit, uh, like, slow a little bit. But I know that sounds bad because he's a killer, but he seemed very remorseful and stuff. Mm -hmm. You should watch the documentary. Everyone just watch it. It won't sound as crazy if you just watch it. So, in 1987, Joe's sister, Dreama, was hospitalized... Drema, Drema. what a name or or drama d-r-e-m-a damn girl Uh, it's very weird so she was hospitalized after being hit by a train what the fuck Um, yeah just casual that went total like three six like holy crap and they dropped it so casually in the documentary too it's just like a black screen and it's like drama was hit by a train and you're like what because when you think about to learn more about this when people get hit by a train you like lose limbs like you die and they're just like disintegrate a little bit yeah and they're just casually like ah she got hit by a train it's no big deal whatever i honest to god it doesn't say whether or not she lived um, so I don't know if she's still with us today. Oh my god! But she was hit by a train. Okay. Um, obviously the family couldn't afford her care by any legal means. They lived in a shack. Um, so his brother-in-law approached him with the idea of a robbery. Uh, he suggested they try to find a VCR as the item they were to sell, or sorry, to steal and then sell, which is kind VCR. of funny given that <laughs> VCRs have no value today. Like, you know what we need? A VCR. I feel like every <laughs> kid, like, I did this, so I know a lot of people did this. That you just like shove coins into the, your parents' the VCR. VCR. And I've never done that. Oh <laughs> fuck! It was just me. Maybe it was just me. I used to <laughs> shove like pennies and like st- and money into the VCR, and my parents were like, they to and this day are still it? pissed. Yeah. Oh, it broke it. It broke it. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they just wanted to steal one. There was no cash in it. They just wanted to steal it and sell it. Can you imagine stealing a VCR now? You might get money in it. Nothing. It could be worth something. There might be a lot of money in it. You have no idea. I'm gonna go to your family's house and find your old VCR. <laughs> you might get a lot of toonies and loonies. You never know. I could use it at this point, <laughs> to be honest. Um, so, anyways, yeah, they were gonna steal a VCR, and Joe knew someone who had one. Uh, it was their 72 year old neighbor, Ruth Predmore. Uh, the men, they were now I think 21 or 22 at the time. They had done odd jobs for Mrs. Predmore as kids, and they knew her quite well. Um, one of the brothers called her, like, sort of grandmotherly towards them, which is really sad when you find out what happens. Um, um, I don't want to know. <laughs> We're cutting so this short. It's done. I don't want to know. Bye. That's it. That's the end. Bye. Bye. Um, <laughs> when they arrived at the house to, to take out the robbery, Joe took out a knife to cut the phone line so she couldn't call 911, and she must have heard the rustle and bustle and came out to yell at them. And Joe says that in a panic, he swung around and accidentally cut her. Um, He said he didn't intend to strike anyone, but he just sort of reacted in fear and he just happened to hit her. Um, Unfortunately, he had like really good aim and ended up cutting her throat. (gasps) So how do you just accidentally cut somebody's throat? Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think it was an accident, but we're just going to roll with it for now to finish Joe's sides of the story. Joe's side of the story Um, So he ended up leaving the scene because he was so freaked out, but he returned later, stepped over the body, and proceeded to steal a bowl of pennies, a coat, and a purse to sell to help his sister. He was arrested less than 48 hours later and charged with aggravated murder, and he was sentenced to death by a jury. So, he stole a bowl of pennies. Yeah, he stole a bowl of pennies. That's what he stole from this poor old lady's house. And that's all they got. No VCR. He didn't get the VCR from what I understand. So clothing items and a bowl of pennies for anyone that doesn't live in canada we had pennies we don't have them anymore i think the state still has them but there's just one cent so you need a lot of fucking pennies i don't i he probably maybe at the most got like five bucks out of it (laughs) like that'll help your sister oh yeah um so earlier i said that uh one of joe's brothers uh negated some of what joe said and said that like he wasn't necessarily telling the truth so to further 
uh, back up his side a little bit. Apparently, Joe had asked his brother previously how he would rob someone, and his brother replied with, quote, I wouldn't, I would leave a note with a brown paper bag and tell them to leave the money in it. Days prior to Mrs. Predmore's murder, Joe left a note with a brown paper bag on her front step, and according to a detective on the case, the cut in Mrs. Predmore's throat was so deep that, quote, her head was barely hanging on. That's not so, an accident. <laughs> Yeah, I personally, I don't think he killed her accidentally. There's too much evidence against the theory. Um, I do think he deeply regretted killing her as he spoke like very kindly of her in the interviews. He said he felt so badly about it. She was nothing but nice to him. Um, I think one of the first thing he says in the documentary is like her life should have never ended by my hands. Um, so yeah, I, I basically think that he didn't necessarily understand what he was doing at the time. Uh, his childhood completely erased the idea of wrong versus right for him. And I think that he really just wanted to help his sister no matter how he did that. Yeah. So I think that there was like a shit ton of stuff going on in his head. I don't think he was thinking clearly. I think it just escalated to a point that he wasn't like emotionally prepared for and he just kind of snapped a little bit. So I don't, I don't think he's innocent by any means. I think he killed her. I think he killed her brutally. I just don't think he necessarily meant to, yeah. if that makes sense. Like his upbringing was so different from like the norm that he yeah. thought that like, not that it was okay, but it was like. But his mindset was just, I have to help my sister. Yeah. I don't care who gets in the way. I'm going to help my sister. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's really sad, the whole story around his crime but now off to the fun part so he's in jail he's uh part. sentenced to oh yeah i ain't done yet honey um <laughs> i love that he's <laughs> he's in jail he's on death row and a mitigation specialist named linda richter stumbled upon his case and decided to dive deeper into it she said quote i think that joey's was probably one of the most impoverished and emotionally sterile backgrounds that i had come across so she thought his case was extreme enough that she wanted to try to fight for him uh she believed Just to, that like, joe get him off like death row sort of thing pretty much okay. yeah so she um she believed that he didn't deserve the death penalty mm -hmm. she she like me also thought that he was completely guilty of the murder he should be in jail but that the death penalty was too harsh for someone of his background okay um the they actually kept saying this quote in the docuseries the death penalty in the state of ohio which i spelt ohio <laughs> also stoned <laughs> also stoned i gotta just start doing stuff sober man uh so the death penalty in the state of ohio is to be reserved for the quote worst of the worst and richter just didn't think that he fell under that category because of his background and that's um, the worst part about that kind of stuff is like how do you justify like what is the worst of the worst like where do you draw that line that's like... um i kind of talk about that a bit in the end but we okay. can talk about it now no we do um, then what i okay if you want. Yeah, yeah sorry i ruined it i ruined it i'm sorry <laughs> no, no no it's a valid point to bring up and it's something that i did bring up at the end that i wanted to ask your opinion about so mm -hmm. just i'm almost done i promise I'll hold girl. off i'll hold off <laughs> Um, so after filing many failed appeals, Catherine Sanford, who was a public defender, was appointed to Joe's case in 1997. She is quoted as saying, quote, I do believe that someone of that background cannot be judged at the same standard as someone who does not have that background. So basically what we're saying is like, he, he couldn't be judged the same way as you or I, because mm -hmm. you or I did not have that extreme trauma in our childhood. Okay. Um, so he shouldn't be judged on the same level. That's not to say that he shouldn't be charged and he shouldn't be put in jail, but maybe he should be charged less harshly. More, yeah, more like like life sentence rather than death penalty. Yeah. So this is um this is actually where I start to ponder about it. So I think that the lines are really blurry when it comes to this stuff and it would have to be examined on like a case by case basis. Um, but I, I do truly believe that some people don't necessarily know right from wrong because of their upbringing. Um, I actually noted that it was similar to Gabriel Fernandez's mother in a way. Did you watch the trials of Gabriel Fernandez? No, I haven't. Not that yet. little boy. Um, um, so my, cause my, my old, well now it's my old boss, so that sucks, but, uh, <laughs> she watched it and I had, I was having lunch with her and, uh, she said it's like really hard to get through and I, everyone's it telling is. me that and I'm like, yeah. I really don't want to. So I haven't. It I've took been me a really off. long time to finish it, yeah. but I wanted to finish it because I wanted to see the whole 
outcome but Mm -hmm. basically he was horrifically abused by his parents eventually killed actually it was his mother and his mother's boyfriend not his biological father but um you learn later in the documentary that his mother was also abused sexually assaulted like gang raped brought up in like gang culture and stuff so it was another thing where it's like did her background lead her to this yeah um and then someone else made a valid point where it's like well if she had this horrible background why didn't she have the capacity to say i don't want my kids to have this background which makes sense it's like maybe she didn't have the capacity like maybe she mentally did not have the capacity and that was just the life she knew yeah so i i kind of drew similarities there because i think maybe she shouldn't have been charged as harshly as well because her background was also atrocious Mm -hmm. but again doesn't take away from the fact that what she did was wrong um but yeah i just think that maybe they should be you know put in a more of a facility as opposed to a jail where they could work with like psychologists and like just work on themselves you know what i mean yeah um so he was originally on death row by himself for 23 hours a day holy shit you know what i mean like i don't think that's right for someone of his background i think he should have been in honestly more of like a hospital setting or something you know and honestly like with that it's 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 really hard for me because like i get like i don't know i it it makes it like in my head i'm kind of just like being like what like you said like 23 hours a day like you're by yourself a whole time yeah like no nobody that's like hard on any nobody no, i don't want to <laughs> like i don't want to say like normal person because who's normal but like anyone that has like the mental like the normal mental capacity where yeah you know you fucked up whatever and i i feel like someone with that couldn't even get through that so someone who's not mentally all there and not stable enough like it must be like 10 million times worse yeah exactly and i don't think that he necessarily deserved that much punishment for it mm -hmm. um hate me (laughs) leave mean comments but that's just my opinion on it if you have another opinion by all means comment on the post let us know we're open to talk about it yeah i mean Um, like we're we're all we're always going to be like opinion based and everything like that but like yeah it's it's we're here to respect everybody and everyone has their own opinions so we we yeah and also i'm a libra so i love a good debate so if you want to debate with me hit me up what is my (laughs) i don't even know what mine is you know you're sagittarius you're um like emotional very um yeah i think you're, you're you're sort of like a gemini and that you could like like jump between emotions real quick yeah i think i could be wrong moody I could be wrong i'm like i'm like Stuart's I a gemini this, too he's very much a gemini yeah. like all the way a gemini yeah 100 percent. i said this in another episode i'm like fake into horoscopes and stuff like that where like i know a little bit enough to like vaguely talk about it but mm-hmm. then like people are like oh what's my sign like i'm like um <laughs> i think that <laughs> um i so love anyways, it though I do too. I really think it's cool. I like tarot. I like that whole thing. I don't know if I'm like super religious about it. Like, I don't know if I believe it a hundred percent, but I think it's fun. So fuck it. Um, so back to my story, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so he sat on death row for 24 years and in February of 2011, he was given an execution date. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, on September 26, 2011, Ohio governor john cache granted clemency to joseph murphy commuting his death sentence to life without parole citing the defendant's horrific childhood he was scheduled to be executed on october 18th wow so less than a month to I was his execution say really date close. yeah so the ohio parole board had unanimous unanimously wow uh recommended sparing murphy's life citing evidence from his childhood the parole board also cited a 1992 ohio supreme court decision in which the late Justice Moyer says that he knew of no other case in which a defendant, quote, was destined for disaster, as was Joseph Murphy. Um, So the governor who uh, commuted his sentence uh, had the following statement regarding the clemency. He said, quote, Joseph Murphy's murder of Ruth Padmore was heinous and disturbing and he deserves and continues to receive severe punishment even though as a child and adolescent murphy suffered uniquely severe and sustained verbal physical and sexual abuse from those who should have loved should have loved him excuse me it does not excuse his crime after examining this case in detail with the council i agree with chief justice moyer the national association of mental illness and the parole board's unanimous eight to zero decision that considering joseph murphy's brutally abusive upbringing and the relatively young age at which he committed this terrible crime the death penalty is not appropriate in this case thus i have commuted his sentence to life in prison with no chance of parole so he remains in prison for the rest of his life which sadly enough he actually enjoys because again it's like that safe place he never had as a child i was gonna say he probably gets more in jail than he did yeah 
anywhere. In a weird way, he got his little happy ending, I guess, mm-hmm. in a very strange, sad, and unfortunate way. But he's still alive to this day. Um, he works with, like, the church group at the jail. He works with, like, cats. They rescue, like, feral cats at the jail. And he's just, like, honestly living his best life in there, which... I know kind of goes against the point of jail. It's to be like, you know, punished. But yeah. I also think the point of jail is to be re- rehabilitated. Yeah, that's, that is the whole point. <laughs> Words you- are hard. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's the whole point. Like, I don't, I feel like jail is such a harsh word and like prison is such a harsh word. Like, and, and not, like, not in all circumstances, but, like, the whole point of it is to be re- rehabilitated and back yeah, into society. For, well, no, he didn't create a petty crime, but, like, for petty mm-hmm. crime, like, robbery and stuff yeah. like that, like, teach them to be good, teach them to yeah. exist in society. There's a difference between stuff like that and cases like uh, Joe's and, you know, people who are serial killers and kill 50 people and yeah, kill exactly. no remorse. Like, there's, uh, but, but unfortunately, you can't deal with blurry lines in, in law and in politics and stuff like that. It's just got to be black and gray, unfortunately. But, you know, for the record, for my opinion, I am glad that he got his uh, sentence commuted. Like I said, I do believe he's guilty. I do believe he should be punished. Yeah, but for I sure. just thought the death penalty was a bit much. Um, and to be honest, I just kind of wanted to see him do well because he had such a <laughs> shitty childhood. Um, should I, like, input my death penalty opinion right Go now? Go nuts. Okay. Yeah. So my opinion about the death penalty is that it's stupid. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. And, like, that might it make doesn't. me an asshole. And, like, I think even, like, the worst crimes, like, I get it and it sucks. But, like, when it comes down to it, you're still killing somebody. And, yeah. like, no matter what they do did and it's like that two wrongs hard. don't make a right yeah it's like really really hard because i was like for example like the ted bundy one that mm. i was watching like the documentary on netflix about it and it's like he's like he's scum of the earth like yeah disgusting but like seeing everyone outside the prison having a party like cheering and stuff that's yeah, weird makes you like even though you're not killing somebody it makes you in that category where you're also scum of the earth there's people who, like, go watch it in front of the glass. Yeah. Like, who are not involved in the case and just, like, want to see someone die. See, that, like, that really, really, really bothers me because, like, you can, like, someone can do all these crimes and everything like that and it makes them a terrible person. I'm not saying it doesn't at all. Yeah. Like, of course it does. Like, that's disgusting. But, like, when I think about it, when I take a step back and think about it, I'm like, you are still killing a human being. It's, it's the two wrongs don't make a yeah. right thing. Also, my thing, uh, I am wishy-washy on the death penalty um if someone you know if i had a kid one day and someone killed my kid then i'd be like death penalty right away kill him i don't give a shit we're not but that's an emotional response right that's not a logical well thought out response if you think about all of the wrongfully convicted people out there that's it who are sentenced to death and stuff like that like it's just not fair to have a maybe case go to the death penalty yeah like oh maybe this is a good one to do just to remind them that we can kill you like well no that's exactly how do you pick and choose like it's supposed to be quote the worst of the worst so mm-hmm. why is someone who was involved in a gang shooting on death row but someone who you know raped and murdered 14 boys is just life in prison like how do you how do you justify it yeah so i think it's too wishy-washy i think it just should be removed based on the fact that it's too wishy-washy yeah but if you kill someone that i love then you deserve the death penalty yeah because <laughs> but that that's the thing that's like what you said it's an emotional response because it's yeah. like affecting you whereas like me i'm like it's not ha- nothing like that has ever affected me personally yeah so i'm thinking of it like logically like you said like i'm like that's still a human like as much as like they are like trash bags but like watching that ted buddy one and they show all the videos of the people like outside like having like a barbecues and stuff like that like yeah that's made my stomach crawl because like even though you haven't done anything physically and harmed anyone that like we know of um you it still makes you look like a terrible fucking person like it it disgusts me that that happens no absolutely but then again there's that whole emotional response exactly like you know i would clap my hands if someone who killed you was you know what i mean yeah but, I'm pouring some wine to get ready for Danielle's story. Oh, you fu- you better get ready. Okay, my story is just like it's like home. It's that's terrible. It's gonna you're gonna be like, well, this is fu- your fucking home. It's but like home. I grew up <laughs> knowing this story, so I'm kind of excited. I'm excited. She told me that her grandma used to tell it to mm-hmm. her, and I thought it was the cutest thing yeah. ever. And it's like, what did you say? She took the spookies out of it. Yeah, she took the spookies out of it because like she's from like she's not from that area, but like. A, a, 
you'll i'll get there i'll let you know i'll let you know <laughs> story time but yeah so the, the fucking death penalty man that just bugs me just, uh... wasn't that an interesting story though it like, was he... yeah because like you kind of like feel for him because like he was brought up in such a shitty i felt shitty, really shitty bad place. for him yeah and like even though he did like terrible things you're you still have that like heart sh- like sympathy yeah you can like you can like divide it kind of like you can see yeah. him as a human being and then you can see him as like a killer yeah which unfortunately in the law they can't always do and i understand that but like i said i'm glad that he got knocked down a little bit i'm i'm glad that he's still in jail don't get me wrong but yeah that's the thing is like i think people deserve like life in prison like i don't think that should ever be a thing that goes away but it's just the death penalty i just don't i don't like it it's not Mm -hmm. great no yeah that was i really thought his story was interesting the show itself is pretty interesting too i'm gonna Uh, watch again called i am a killer on the netflix yeah and yeah, now for Danielle's speaky, speaky story. Speaky story. Speak spooky. <laughs> spooky. I'm taking it's you spooky. to, I'm taking you to my homeland. Ireland? I am. I knew it. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to talk about Lep Castle today. Lep. A castle? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, spelled Leap, L-E-A-P, but it's pronounced Lep Castle. Um, so it's located in Cool Dairy, and I'm really fucking sorry if I butchered that name, because irish language is just, you're something else let me tell you <laughs> something something else so lep castle is located in cool Derry county which is in off alley ireland and so i don't know if it's off alley or off alley it's one of the two i know they speak really weird there so i'm not even going to try yeah. to correct you i'm just going to say okay yeah oh, oh, okay <laughs> okay <laughs> um but it's in ireland so my grammy and grandpa my dad on my dad's side are from ireland they're from belfast well, they were. They passed away, but yeah. Didn't your grandpa do something with the Titanic? Yeah. Didn't he help build the t- His dad built helped build the Titanic. His oh, dad. I was close. Yeah. But so, it's still really cool. It's really funny because I'm always like, oh, yeah, my uh, my dad's grandfather helped build the Titanic. And I'm like, that's probably why it sunk. <laughs> <laughs> um, but apparently it's supposed to be like one of the most haunted castles in Ireland. Um, so my Grammy had mentioned this castle once, like well, once or twice, but like, kind of like a, oh this is what is around you if you ever want to go visit mm-hmm. this is what you need to see she kind of left the spooky part out and i've always done research on it and this place is fucked um oh okay yeah <laughs> to put it lightly <laughs> yeah just, it's, it's it's basically like a if you watch game of thrones you're in for a real treat i know you don't watch game of thrones holly but you're in for a treat. i watched like the first three episodes and went wow there's too many characters in it and then i never watched it again you should have just watched it because they all end up dying anyways so i mean yeah <laughs> It's such a good show, so you need to watch it. So this castle has probably seen way more violence and bloodshed than that entire whole series. So Really? Yeah. So this castle was constructed between the 12th century and the 15th century. So there's a lot of debate on when it was actually built. Oh, I thought it just took that long. <laughs> no. <laughs> they're, they're just... People debate on it. Like, some people say it's, like, 1250, but others say it's, like, 1550. So, it's somewhere in between the 12th century and the 15th century. Um, and it's real old. It's real fucking <laughs> old. Um, so, this castle was built over an existing site that was occupied by Druids who used the property for, like, initiation ceremonies. So, the Druids were a high-ranking class in Celtic cultures and can be um, kind of described as, like, a shamic religion. So they relied on a combination of contact with, like, the spirit world and holistic med- medicines. Yeah. So it's, like, old, old fucking school. I mean... Witchy like, vibes. Yeah, very witchy. Um, so it's said that the origin of the word um, druid is kind of unclear, but it does come from Irish Gaelic, word for oak tree, which is a symbol for knowledge, which is a fun oh, fact. Cool. Yeah. Um, so the druids were concerned with natural, like, the natural world and its powers and considered trees sacred. Um, I just thought it was pretty fucking cool, and yeah, so I just threw that in there. Um, so the Lep Castle was built by a wealthy family known as the O'Bannon family, and before it was actually built, two of the O'Bannon brothers were at odds over who was to inherit their father's money and, like, take control over the castle. According to the story, they had a competition with each other, and both would, like, jump off, like, a huge rock located on the site of the construction. Men. I'm telling you. <laughs> whoever jumps the highest gets the castle. <laughs> Not even that. It's whoever jumps off this fucking, like, cliff and uh, lives. Oh, shit. Gets, That's so stupid. <laughs> gets the inheritance. Men. Oh, boy. Um, this sounds terrible. Like, I'm so sorry. I feel like the only really guy that listens to us is Kevin, so I'm really sorry, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> we don't hate him. And my dad. My dad loves our podcast. Hi, Dad. He referred... My dad referred us to Abbott and Costello the last 
episode and yeah, if anyone knows that. me abbott and costello is my literal life so it was the best compliment in my the whole highest life. Compliment. It, it really is so they had a competition with each other and that both would jump off like this huge like i don't know if it was like a rock or like a cliff or something but located on like the site where the castle was supposed to be built and whoever lived would take control of it over the inheritance um now it said who won it's never said who like won this competition assuming actually it happened and like one of them actually lived um but it can be explained why the castle the castle was originally known as lem un bannon i don't think i'm pronouncing that correctly at all what's that mean <laughs> it means leap of o'bannons or o'bannons oh lip. that yeah. makes that makes sense yeah yeah so clearly someone jumped <laughs> yeah someone jumped and fucking won so um so even though the O'Bannon family were extremely well off they were pledged to the o'carroll family who ended up taking control over the castle so they were pretty oh, shit so none of the brothers got <laughs> yeah pretty yeah it was it was short-lived very short-lived um and this family was like pretty fucking ruthless and fueled by like greed and power um so they used the castle as a site for a lot of battles and numerous massacres happened within the walls and it was all at the hands of the o'carroll clan so the chief of the O'Carroll uh, family, so that's just like the head of the family clan, um, mm-hmm. had also had two sons named Thaddeus and Taga. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that wrong because it's a very fucking strictly Irish name. And sorry if I'm wrong, but and it's their like, names are so like uh, it's like Taga. What's that one actress Taga? where it looks like her name is Swarcy, but it's like Shershe or something. Yeah, like it, nothing is pronounced the way it looks in that that dialect <laughs> yeah that's like like if me and Stuart have a little girl we're naming her anya but it's spelled a i n e because it's it's Looks celtic like it's gaelic <laughs> yeah so it, it's weird but that's nothing's pronounced family. the way it looks no i know that name that's about all i know <laughs> <laughs> the lisp doesn't help the, the irish spelling are you making fun of my lisp no i'm making fun of my lisp oh okay um, so when the chief passed away, he never like specifically named which of his sons to be his successor. Um, so once again, two brothers going at it, at it for like inheritance. Um, so there was a chapel in the castle and Thaddeus was a priest. And in the midst of his mass, he was slaughtered by his brother. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Like a, a sword through the heart, pretty much. And in the middle of like church. Uh huh. That's yep. brutal. <laughs> yep. So he took control. And so that's why the chapel is known as the Bloody Chapel. It's... <laughs> good name. Yeah. Very good name. It fits. Um, it's said that the people, like, people there have seen apparitions of the priests, like, wandering the chapel and, like, the stairway below it. So that's a little bit creepy. Um, so the creepy thing about the chapel, there was an um, obelette, which is, like... So an obelette was found, but that's, like, a secret dungeon. Oh, okay. in the castle so it's usually um like they have like a trap door so it was discovered behind a wall in the chapel and it was it contained human skeletons um Ooh. yeah amazed on like wooden spikes so they like fell through this trap door on wooden spike they just moved the wooden oh, spike fuck. over yeah and this was in the church y- yeah it was in the church Ooh, in the chapel dark. yeah so it said um that it took three cartloads to remove the skeletons that's how many oh, there God. were <laughs> yeah and it's believed that O'Carroll's would drop, like, unsuspecting guests through that trap door, and they'd just get impaled by the sphere that was eight feet below. Like, there was no method to their madness. They are just like, this one. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, like, wow. trap door. And they just drop through and get impaled. That's fucking brutal. What a party trick. Right? Every time I think of impaled, I think of Frozen, and he's like, L- Olaf is walking, and he goes through it, and he's like, oh, look, I've been impaled. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand you. <laughs> Danielle makes me watch that movie all the time. <laughs> I love Frozen so much. It's mine and my sister's favorite movie. Um, so the O'Carroll were royal assholes back then, and their torment and murder throughout the years of being at Lep Castle was just, like, absolutely fucking insane. Like, there's no other way to describe it. They were just brutal. Um, so one of the most cruel slayings... Wow. Sailings. So one of the most cruel slayings tied to this clan was that of the McMahon family. Um, so the Carrolls invited this family to celebrate like a huge with like a huge feast in the castle to honor um the mcmahon i don't know if i'm pronouncing that either. wrong right i don't know i have no idea at this point <laughs> i don't know anything we either. got our first irish listener hi from ireland ireland in, in ireland <laughs> you tried 
And it's like, now I have a lot of pressure on me and it's freaking me out. So if I'm saying it we wrong, yeah. We should tag Ireland in the post so we that should. people from Ireland see the post. Let's do it. Okay. We'll Social do media it. marketing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the Akaros invited the McMahon family to celebrate a feast at the castle in honor of this family's victories over one of like the O'Carroll's known rival clans. So they basically mm-hmm. killed them off and they're like, hey, come to our house and we'll feed you. Let's party. And like, thank you for doing that. So basically they were like, not just kidding we're not gonna actually do that like you can come here but we're gonna kill you all um so they poison them yeah they terrible party yeah so if you think about like the red wedding uh you won't get this holly oh okay no i do get it Uh because there's spoilers yeah so the red wedding in game of thrones um so this so the o'carrolls had poisoned the whole entire family and they all died so it was exactly like that yeah pretty much yeah except they didn't stab like a pregnant woman but Um, so it's said that the ghosts of this family have been seen haunting the grounds and like within the area. I don't blame them. I no, would too. I'd be freaking pissed. I mean, it's like centuries later. I'd still be fucking pissed. Come to this party and then die. And then die. Maybe that's where Game of Thrones got their idea. Probably. Yeah, it sounds like pretty da- uh, dang on. Right? Dang on. <laughs> dang on, bang on. It's been it's a rough Friday. So there is a spirit in Lep Castle that is pretty notorious and is seen quite frequently, um, and that is the lady in red. Um, she is seen as a tall lady in a red gown and clinging to like a knife or like a sword kind of thing, some sort of weapon. Yeah, some sort this of. This sounds weapon. familiar to me. Yeah, um, Game of Thrones also has a red lady. So. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So her story is that she apparently was held hostage by the O'Carroll family and was repeatedly raped. She actually ended up getting pregnant and having and giving birth to Aww. one of their babies. Um, which the O'Carrolls had to show how big of fucking assholes they basically were and <laughs> murdered the baby. Oh fuck. Oh geez, that's dark. Yeah. So she was really overwhelmed with grief, obviously. Um and she like overwhelmed with grief with the fact that they murdered her child that yeah. she ended up like killing herself fuck this is dark yeah and she's seen <laughs> wandering the halls at castle at night some people see her just as like kind of like a figure other people have like literally seen her in a red dress and people have seen her like walking the halls with, like a sword like going after the people that fucking killed her baby Crazy. yeah so if you thought though carols were only dicks to like people outside their clan well you were wrong um they're dicks to everybody yeah they're just dicks to everyone um so in the 1600s the castle had actually switched ownership however it was not a very peaceful passing uh the daughter of the reigning o'carroll chief had um become very smitten with one of their prisoners his name was dar smitten smitten it's very old school i had to keep it (laughs) um his name was darby and he was um actually english so the o'carroll daughter would sneak food down to darby and they had plans to elope and just get out of there Uh, so one night she snuck down to the dungeons where he had been kept as like a prisoner and freed him and they tried to get away but were apparently rudely interrupted when they <laughs> ran into her brother on the stairwell. <laughs> I love how you said that. <laughs> um, so naturally, the two men got into a sword fight, and Darby actually ended up killing her brother. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. So the English prisoner killed him. And uh, so with the, okay, with like her brother dying, that meant that her, she became heiress to the castle. Um, so, oh, so that worked out for her. Yeah. So if they elope, then Darby is now like inherits the castle as well um yeah so the new this is messy i love this it's very messy this whole family's fucking messy so the newly married couple eventually got to take over reignship of the lep castle and started their own family um however darby the power and greed just got to his head and got a bit of a temperament problem and became known as the wild captain he had started to obviously like focus on money and treasures and started to hide these things in like compartments throughout the property Mm-hmm. and he actually ended up being in prison in dublin i read th- i'm not sure why i think it was for treason um so he got imprisoned in dublin for i guess treason and years of imprisonment apparently just drove him mad and was he when he went ended up like getting released and went back to the castle he ended up like forgetting where he hid all of his like treasures <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> yeah and couldn't like figure out where he hid all like the money Me when i hide my snacks fuck, right <laughs> if i put it here i won't eat it <laughs> yeah <laughs> the apocalypse snacks Stuart <laughs> all of mine um so yeah he actually for, like just went mad and forgot where he hid all of this stuff um so apparently the fortune still remains in the castle and still hasn't been found which Ooh, is we weird go. yeah fortune. and in the evening people have seen his spirit 
like wandering the halls like looking for trying to find his treasure yeah but like bastard people are like oh he probably just went mad i'm like he probably had dementia like let's be real he probably had fucking dementia because back then they didn't have terminology like that right yeah so yeah that makes sense oh now that's sad Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so darby's children and like their children remained in the castle for basically like the next century they just kind of like lived there um so now i move on to mildred darby um she she was originally mildred dill um but but she married jonathan darby in the late 1800s and so that's the wild captain's like brother no it's like like this guy jonathan darby the wild captain was like his ancestor okay so like way down the line but they the darbys basically lived there forever um so mildred was a gothic novelist who regularly performed seances at the lep castle and wrote about her encounters with the paranormal so her my, kind of bitch i was ju- i fucking wrote that in my script i said my <laughs> kind of lady my kind of lady i love us <laughs> um so apparently mildred's seances and supernatural practices had actually brought in an element presence that was extremely dark that was actually never there before oh yeah open something up kind of yeah exactly um so some also say that the presence was put there by the druids even before the lep castle was built in order to like protect the land so that could also be a thing um so mildred had claimed to see this evil presence up close and personal and described it as a thin haunting shadowy figure and admitted a smell um but admitted the smell of like a rotting corpse Ew. yeah and it's said that the creature is half human half beast and it's still in the castle that's fucking dark and so like people will walk through the castle and like just smell like rotting flesh Ew. is this castle open for the public it's kind of just it's just private asking. it's privately owned i'll get to that i'll explain who who owns it okay. now but it is privately owned but you can like sign up Pay to, to like in? tour yeah interesting yeah um so mildred and her husband unfortunately abandoned the lep castle in 1922 because at that time ireland was fighting for its independence um from england so they didn't want to be like part of like british law and given the darbies were an english family um they feared for their life and rightfully so because that was a really tough time um lep castle was um the prime target for part wow the lep castle was a prime target for a revolt so after the darbies like dipped out of that fucking castle the castle was bombed and ransacked by the ira so the ira is um the irish republican army so they were basically like sold people who wanted to be soldiers but didn't want to fight for the british army so they didn't like enlist so they formed the ira so they are against the british army so they don't want ireland to be part of um britain's rule um uh so history lesson 101 they ended up hanging the ira ended up hanging like peacocks from meat hooks along the tower so that's just like a limit of like not even a limit that's just like the beginning of how fucked the ira is and not like i'm not saying all of them are like that i'm just saying that there's instances where it's like it's a bit much i've i've been told stories just stories but like for (laughs) example um there was someone that was in the ira ira and um this person owed money to them mm-hmm. and wouldn't pay them and so someone in the ira went after them and got them and this guy had tattoos and so they cut off his tattoos <gasps> and mailed them to his wife oh fuck that's dark <laughs> yeah it's really dark it's 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 a little bit messed up but Ew. yeah they they dipped because they're english and it's a crazy time back then and ireland was pretty much being bombed anyways <laughs> um so after all that one of darby's friends actually like the darby's family's friends ended up staying in the castle for a brief time but she ended up being like ravaged by uh, gangrene um so she yeah so she left and the castle ended up staying abandoned until 1970 um, and it was purchased by australian historian peter bartlett so peter is actually an ancestor of the founders of lep castle of the o'bannons oh that's cool yeah so peter did an extensive like restorative work on the castle for about 15 years and claimed to see some pretty crazy shit um he witnessed poltergeist activity throughout those 15 years and actually had a white witch come into the castle to drive out those spirits so a white witch is just someone who practices witchcraft but does Mm -hmm. it for the benefit of human beings not it's not like dark magic or not like dark magic yeah Yeah. um 
Yeah. I would get that over a priest too. Right? Same. Um, but the White Witch claimed that the spirits vowed to not cause any more trouble, but they refused to leave the castle. Like, they were like, no, we're not going anywhere. So the witch was like, there's not much I can do, but they vowed to not do anything. Um, so I don't Peter, know if I trust that spirit. <laughs> fuck, right? Especially like, the half-human, half-whatever yeah, no, beast. especially that one. No, thank you. Um, so Peter unfortunately passed away in 1989. Um, in 1991, musician Sean Ryan purchased Lep Castle and continued with the restoration. So just picked up where it left off pretty much. Um, so Ryan has had plenty of freak accidents in the castle. He has broken a kneecap, which halted the restoration. Yeah, and then once he was healed and started the restoration again, he broke his ankle. So it's kind of like the spirits are like, why are you changing shit? Like, leave it as yeah, it is. Stop touching my house. Exactly. Um, so him and his wife actually had their newborn christened in the chapel. Yes, that's right. Oh, in the, the chapel where they... The bloody okay. chapel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, exactly where I would christen my child Exactly. Also. And it, they said it was like a really joyous event, which is, I guess, nice because you have to live on that property. So, I mean, like, try to make that room as joyous All as All I could can. think about the whole time, though, is that there's, like, dead people underneath mm-hmm. you. Like, you know what I mean? Like... There's literally a trap this, door. This, <laughs> this joyous day and there was thousands of bodies under yeah. there. <laughs> like... It's, there's literally a trap door in this room that people have fallen through and gotten impaled by a spear but let's baptize our our baby here (laughs) it's fine um so ryan and his wife they still own the castle to this day like to this very day um they don't let people stay overnight but they will let you come on tour of the grounds and sometimes they do let visitors inside the castle for a tour i'm not sure if that's changed because i've seen a lot of people in the castle like a lot like on instagram Um, yeah and there's like i watched a lot of like youtube videos and stuff like that so um a lot of people like come in for like private tours so i feel like if you like were to pay they'd probably like whatever but you can't stay overnight that's the only thing um there is this really like it's a there's a lot of ghosts so there's like the red lady we have like Mm -hmm. the captain looking for his lost fucking treasure that half human thing yeah but this one just being half human (laughs) this one just really bothered me i don't know why so this is the story of Emily and um, Charlotte. So their spirits are said to be seen playing in the main hall of the house, and they are children. Um, it's rumored Ghost kids are always like really sad for some mm-hmm. reason. Yeah. Um. So it's rumored they lived on the estate during the 1600s. I just wasn't able to find like much about them. Like I only know about this haunting, like the the spirit of them haunting. I don't know any of like their backstory or anything. Why like their spirits? Exactly. Um. So Emily died at the age of 11 after falling off the castle so people have seen sightings of a little girl falling from the castle but then disappearing before reaching the end so people will be like outside and like someone will fall off and then it just so she's like reenacting her death yeah pretty much and then charlotte's spirit has been seen around the grounds like dragging her leg so apparently her leg is heavily deformed so i'm not sure if that was the cause of her death because i don't know what the cause of her death was it doesn't say and it doesn't i couldn't find anything about her age of when she died but the, i know she's a little girl she just has a limp we know that yeah so she like drags her leg around which is just i don't know that Can just bothers me that? that'd be so creepy to see i'd shit myself <laughs> i say that a lot but like literally i'd shit myself <laughs> i feel that <laughs> but that is the the fun web castle it's very dark, eh? A lot it of darkness is. happened there. It is. When, not if, but when we finally get our asses to Ireland, yeah. that's on the to-do list. It- I've never really been to, like, a truly haunted place. Like, I, I live in my basement. I've been to your house and everything, but I've never been to, like, a legendary place. Mm-hmm. And I would love to do that one day. But yeah, creepy. That was a very dark castle. I know. It's, it's kind of a... It's definitely on my bucket list to go because... Um, my my it's goal <laughs> yeah my my life goal is to move to ireland like i don't she's been saying this literally since she was like 13 probably longer because mm-hmm. i didn't know her before 13 but i will vouch for 13 yeah i mean it's it's my it's my homeland and my parents know it Stuart, yeah Stuart knows it so we should save up and just like just do it maybe in I'll like two down. or three years but i, I but yeah if i go to ireland i'm not coming home no that's exactly it we're we're there for forever we're gonna move to ireland well i'm gonna move to, at least move to ireland i'm coming with visit. you yeah although now we know how to do the podcast like this i might not yeah. have to come with you <laughs> but i'm coming anyways yeah i'm just really stoked we got an irish listener because i haven't told any of my family about it yet so so that it's means... like a, a legit random well i hope the the irish person listens to this and comments on it and maybe if they know anything about it share some some input you can ruin my own. uh my my speech <laughs> you can just ruin just it. it's fine the whole thing. it's fine 
I get it. Or, like, tell us more Irish haunted places for Danielle to talk about. Yeah, I mean, Ireland is just haunted in itself. Like, everything's haunted. Well, it's so, like, I mean, for lack of a better term, it's so old, right? Like, the history Mm. there is so rich. Mm. And that's why I just love it. It's just, like, it's so beautiful. Okay, so I guess guess it's time to drop them socials. Yeah, so uh, you can find us on Instagram at a spooky hour podcast. And I feel like our social media on Instagram, I've even put stuff up there danielle's learning you guys yeah i this is what social isolation does to me i use social media i've never seen her use instagram so much in my life it's hilarious oh my god it's crazy but yeah hit us up there we're fucking bored we're trying to do some like quizzes and stuff to keep everyone entertained at this point it's mostly for my own entertainment i post a lot about my dog too so and she's usually lying on my pillow last night you know (laughs) She's so cute. So cute. I would post Rupert, but he doesn't do anything like especially cute like that. He's um, just a big any... Yeah, he's just a big derp. I mean, maybe I'll post one just because Danielle did, but I don't have any cool Ouija board pillows or anything. So it's just going to be my dog with probably some drool on his face. Which I'm sure everyone <laughs> will gladly accept in their lives because everyone deserves it. Yeah. He's perfect. He's on dog. Yeah. We rate dogs. I mean, he's a king. He's in the calendar. For anyone who knows we rate dogs, uh, my dog is in the calendar. He's on December 28th of the daily flip calendar. December. He is in December. December. I was really hoping for Christmas for Danielle's sake because he's wearing like a Christmas bow tie in the picture. But we got December 28th. That's close enough. I'll I'll take it. Imagine you got my birthday. I would literally shit myself. That's another one I was hoping for. But I wasn't allowed to pick the date. I wasn't even allowed to pick the picture. He literally just said, like, send me every picture you've ever taken of your dog. And I was like, well, threaten me with a good time. (laughs) So, yeah, Holly's dog, Rupert, is famous. And you should go check him out. He's on If he was smarter... If he was smarter, I would try to make him be, like, the next air bud. But unfortunately, he's not very smart. He's just really good looking. He's just... It's just the drool, man. It just gets people. Oh, man. <laughs> um, you can find us on Twitter as well, at Spooky Hour. You use Twitter. Hit us up there. I do still check it from time to time, but Instagram is our main hub. Yeah. And you can also email us your spooky stories or just hit us up at the Spooky Hour Podcast 666 at com. And, we do have yeah. a bunch of spooky stories. We're going to try to look at it while we're in isolation. Yeah. Uh, we're both working from home, so we've got a shit ton of time on our hands, quite frankly. Tell so me So we're going to go it. through some of those stories and maybe compose that episode. If not next week, then maybe in the upcoming two or three weeks, mm-hmm. we'll get that out. Yep. If you're feeling lonely or whatever, talk to us. We're just as bored as you are. Uh, it doesn't necessarily Come have to be spooky out. things. We like to talk about lots of things. Right now, all I want to talk about is that Tiger King documentary. I still haven't watched it yet. Don't tell it's me anything. It's fucking wild. I'm on, a, watch. I'm on an American Horror Story binge right now, so I don't want to like, cut Finally. my... I know. It's been... Stuart's into it, too, so it's kind of nice, because I don't like watching it by it's myself. It's a cool show. It is. So cool. Hit up our Instagram, Twitter, email, email. us your stories. Be our friend. We're lonely. Yeah. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. Stay <laughs> spooky.